This is Big Sports Radio, SEC edition. Now with your hosts, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. Glad you're with us here on another week of uh, Big Ten Radio, SEC. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley. Brad Sturdy. Um, we've got uh, our, our Kentucky insiders coming up here in just a moment to talk about the big game this weekend, Wildcats and Vols. And uh, also we'll talk a little women's hoop coming up. Uh, Doug Feinberg of AAP is going to join us. Uh, how about South Carolina? You know, while everyone's talking about Caitlin Clark of Iowa and, of course, LSU defending champs, Gamecocks just moving right along. Um, and all of a sudden they are right there uh, primed to uh, make a run for another championship. Uh, guys, but speaking of South Carolina, uh, for once the men in Making the big news. Um, uh, last week, they take down Kentucky in spectacular fashion at home. This week, they take down Tennessee at their place in Knoxville. Yeah, you know, they're kind of, it's kind of shocking how good they are. I mean, they're they're 18 and three, and they really, until, but they really didn't, hadn't beaten anybody, you know, good until last week. And now it's like, suddenly I, I could see them like vaulting into like the top 15 right away. Just boom. If they if they win a game, you know, so pretty impressive what they're able to do. Lamont Paris doing a fantastic job um, for South Carolina. Yeah, and, and I think you wonder is he going to do so well that he he gets a, a big time uh, job offer at the end of the season? And and I got to be honest with you, if you can beat Tennessee at Tennessee, as far as I'm concerned, they can put you in the top fifteen. <laughs> because because that that is a is a very good team, very athletic, play good defense, and that is a nightmarish place to play. Yeah. So you, you know you you got to tip your hat to the Gamecocks. Yeah, I I still can't. Uh, it took me a week to stop hearing Rocky Top in my head. After <laughs> game. Usually it's only in football, but yeah, yeah Mars has done a great job down there. Exactly. Uh, there's no question. Uh, well, speaking of the two things that uh, Saturday's uh, SEC Titans have in common, both uh, losing recently to South Carolina, uh, Tennessee uh, taking on uh, Kentucky. Um, this one is at Rupp uh, Saturday. This one is going to be good. Yeah, huge game. You know, you've got these old guys, you know, like, you know, and Antonio Reeves and and Dalton Connect uh, on the wings. And you got the young guys, you know, and, and uh, as well from Kentucky, see how they hold up against, a, you know, an older Tennessee team. Should be a great one. Yeah, th- th- this is such a smart play for the way these these conferences have scheduled things. And, and uh, what a game. And I think I give Tennessee the advantage, but this Kentucky team's got a ton of talent, so it should be a fun one. Let's talk more uh, SEC basketball, Kentucky and Tennessee with Ben Roberts. He's the uh, Kentucky beat writer for Lexington Herald leader. Uh, ben, welcome to the show. Let's start first with uh, Wednesday night at Rupp. Um, you know, look, this is a Florida team that certainly was leading Kentucky for most of the game uh, about a month ago down in Gainesville. Um, and this time they come up and, and they bite the cats in overtime at Rupp. Yeah, it was kind of the uh, kind of the same game, only uh, the opposite result. Uh, you know, Kentucky got up by ten into the first half. Uh, that that kind of got whittled away pretty quickly. Florida took the lead early in the second half, but Florida never led by more than two points in regulation. Um, you know, Kentucky they didn't have it under control. It, it was it was close, but uh, they you know they played pretty well under the circumstances. Uh, I think they just ran out of gas at the end. You know, Kyle kept the same five guys out there for the last 10, 25 of regulation. And then 
if Rob Dillingham hadn't uh, started cramping up in overtime, I think he would have had the same five out there for all five minutes of overtime. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it, the, just a, a fatigue factor, both uh, physically and mentally kind of kind of crept in there at the end. Yeah. Um, and that's one, too, that is it that uh, Cal just didn't trust his guys or just liked what that unit was going. Did he talk about why he did that? Yeah, he did. I asked him about that after the game, actually. And, it, you know, it seemed like his one regret from what he said was was maybe he should have played Aaron Bradshaw a little down there in, the, in that stretch, um, specifically said should have put Aaron in for for Trey Mitchell at times. Um, we've seen I mean, Trey Mitchell has played. It's gotten a little better since these seven footers have come back, but he's played a lot, a lot of minutes this season. And you kind of see that fatigue creep in toward the end, especially with his shot, because he is such a good jump shooter. Uh, but when those legs start to go, that gets a lot tougher. He was battling with Tyree Samuel, who's a really physical, really good player for Florida uh, down there in the post all night last night. That that was a that was a fun battle to watch. Probably wasn't, wasn't a fun battle uh, to be a part of. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, DJ Wagner out, Justin Edwards out. I do. Uh, Adu still having trouble with that back and tweak that again in the second half. So he didn't really want to put him back in big Z's had trouble with defense and they don't really trust him there yet. And, and um, you know, Aaron Bradshaw's had his struggle. So I think Cal found a group that he liked and stuck with it. And it seemed like looking back, especially when the game went to overtime felt like maybe he, he should have uh, given one or two guys a, a little more of a chance uh, to give a give another one or two guys a little bit more of a breather. Uh huh. Right. Exactly. Talking with uh, Ben Roberts again, UK beat writer for Lexington Herald Leader. As we look ahead to this game this weekend, um, and a matchup we've been waiting for. Uh, we've talked in the show before about how um, uh, it, it's been Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, yeah, Alabama's had a good run in Arkansas and um, uh, Auburn, of course. You know, had a good start here. A couple of losses here lately, but um, you know, right now it's it's just. It, it's one of those things that it's one, obviously it's the border war, right? I mean, it's the rivalry is a natural one, uh, but it's been fun when these two get together um, and, and they finally had the matchup here this weekend. Yeah, it'll be another fun game. It'll be a, a Saturday night game in Rupp arena, um, you know, coming off a loss. So I expect the Kentucky crowd to, to be pretty up for this one. Uh, it's really going to be interesting, you know, Tennessee, you know, obviously both these teams coming off losses to South Carolina. That's kind of the story of the SEC so far this season. Lamont Paris and the job that, that he's doing over there has been unbelievable with the team picked, uh, picked to finish last in the league in the preseason. Um, but, you know, Tennessee's a, a little bit different this season. They, they got Dalton Connect, uh, the the transfer in from Northern Colorado, who's uh, leading actually leading the SEC in scoring. Just a really fun player to watch. Obviously, a really difficult player to uh, you know to, to keep from scoring. Uh, so that you know, with the with the Kentucky team that that's had its challenges defensively, uh, that that's going to be an, an interesting matchup to watch. Um, you know, he, he's he's had big scoring games even when Tennessee's had losses, but there's a lot of other players on that team that can come out and beat you, and, and a, a few other players on that team that that could also. Uh, put up some some pretty decent scoring nights so yeah it's a uh, you know obviously two top 10 teams uh both both coming off uh some tough losses but but still two of the clearly two of the quality teams in this league yeah and a great point about just what rick barnes has built down there and a couple of those guys that viscovi and ziegler feel like have been there you yeah. know it's like year 12 for them it's one of those guys <laughs> like haven't you graduated yet how many degrees do you have why are you still here um, how important is this game? One, obviously, the, for rivalry reasons, but as you mentioned, uh, both coming off recent losses, 
to South Carolina, UK last week in Columbia, uh, Tennessee losing to the Gamecocks at home this week, a couple of nights ago. Um, you know, neither of these teams right now trying to fight to stay in the top 10 and and trying to make sure, again, with an eye toward uh, March and seating and resume, that kind of those kinds of things. Um, Tennessee comes in five and two in conference, Kentucky five and three. Um, you know, the Wildcats, I know you don't want to drop a, a fourth game already and and be at this point three games behind Alabama, which has suddenly surged to the top of the SEC. Yeah, and obviously they still got they still got trips to Tennessee, to Auburn. They've got Alabama coming up here. So, you know, still a, a, a really difficult chunk of this SEC schedule is still left for this team, uh, this Kentucky team. Um, I think it's probably safe to say that whoever loses Saturday night falls out of the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kentucky could could probably stay in with with the win over Tennessee, depending on what happens around them. But yeah, I, I think the the further implications toward March. For either one of these teams, if Kentucky can knock off Tennessee, that's a really, really good quad one win that's going to stay a quad one win um, on Selection Sunday. And obviously, if Tennessee can win a game at Kentucky, it's going to be the same deal. So uh, whoever wins Saturday night is going to get a, a really good feather in their their cap for their uh, their NCAA tournament resume. Um, but, you know, I think the bigger thing for both these teams right now is just trying to get, get back on the right track. Uh, you know, a win Saturday is going to – is going to propel either one of these teams uh, moving forward. They both teams, I wouldn't say desperately need a win, but they both could 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 really use a win like this. Um, and then with Kentucky, you know, they still got to find that continuity and that connectivity. And they, you know, we're you know, it's twenty games deep into the season now, and they have not played a single game at full strength yet. We'll see mm-hmm. if that happens if DJ and and uh, and Justin can come back Saturday, and if a dude's ready to ready to play after you know his back issues, I think that's going to be a thing that that kind of goes on all season long. Um, but you know, I know it's tough to to build the right chemistry, build the right connectivity when when you just have guys coming in and out of the lineup uh, every week. It seems like right, it's, exactly. You're exactly right. It was and it was one thing I was thinking about about uh, a do as well. Um, is that it just seems like it's one of those things that it's just not going to be hundred percent until the off season. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, um, but it's, but it seems like it's just been nagging uh, even you know, back at the, I think at the holidays, I think it seems like he was, um, was bothered by this. Um, you know, I was, we had Mike DeCourcy on last week. We were talking about this Kentucky team. I think this is the best um, Wildcats team that, that Calipari has had uh, probably the past, you know, three or four years easily since COVID. Um, what is it about this team that that makes it special? And other than the injuries, of course, what is missing right now? They seem to kind of hit a lull here um, at the midseason mark. Yeah, I think what makes them unique is just the offensive firepower that they have, and the especially the guard play, but but the way that they can really beat you with with so many weapons. Uh, you know, we saw it against North Carolina. We saw it to a certain degree. Against Kansas, so, you know, that second week of the season when Kansas was ranked number one, uh, they they have an ability to, even if a lot of guys have off nights, they could still beat really good teams just because they have such good scores across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that hurts when a DJ Wagner is out because while he has struggled some defensively, as they all have, uh, he really just kind of gets everything cooking offensively. Even if he, even if he doesn't have the best stat line at the end of the game, defenses clearly have to account for him. He gets the action started. Um, other guys play off of him really, really well. That's become very clear, and and it, I don't think it's any coincidence that two of their losses are are happen to be the the two games that that he wasn't able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so I, I think that offensive talent that they have and uh, still the upside. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of these guys we're talking about when we talk about the offensive talent are, are still very, very young, um, still very green from a college basketball perspective. And, and you expect them maybe to, to even get a little bit better over the next six weeks. Obviously, the liability is is defensively. Um, it, you know, Ugana Onyenso came up big with eight blocks uh, Wednesday night against Florida, but they still have a lot of trouble on the perimeter guarding. They still have a lot of trouble, it seems like, from a communication standpoint, kind of knowing where to be, where their teammates are going to be, uh, where they should be uh, when the other team gets into its uh, rotations and, and its switches and everything. And um, that... You know, I, I think that's going to just be a process all season long. And I think if you're Cal and that UK coaching staff, you just have to have to remain optimistic that it, at some point it, it's all going to click because right now I, I don't know that they're the type of team built for a long tournament run if they can't get that defense short up. And I think the key to that is guys coming back from injury, is these guys being able to stay on the court together for a lengthy period of time and trying to, you know, figure out what lineups work best together and, and just trying to get a feel for each other. Cause, cause that's gotta be tough, especially with all those seven footers out early to not really have the, the, the communication aspect down um, as we get this late in the season. Yeah. And seven footers, not only battling injuries and some issues and obviously with big Z, um, you know, his eligibility issues finally getting cleared in the big debut against Georgia a couple of weeks ago. Not only that, um, but also they're all young players, so they don't have the experience of a Trey Mitchell um, or even last year with an Oscar Sheboy, that kind of thing. By the way, you know, and, and it, those UK fans who may be fretting uh, about a five and three record, um, you know, that's not uncommon right now. So the big boys, uh, Kansas has three losses already in Big 12 play. Duke, two losses, um, you know, Purdue, two losses going into the weekend. So. Welcome to the new college basketball. Yeah. You're not going to have teams going into the, you know, the NCAA tournament with only two losses on the resume. It's just not going to happen. Hey, Ben, enjoy. Boy, it is going to be rocking Saturday night at Rupp, and we can't wait to watch um, uh, as uh, and and just be envious that we don't have your seats. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully we'll talk with you here uh, later on in the season. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks so much. All right, Ben Roberts, once again, he's the Kentucky beat writer uh, for the Lexington Herald leader, and he'll be one of the 22,000 plus in the house on Saturday. Stay with us. We've got more to come after this. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. 800-218-4958. That's 800-218-4958. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 
877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Well, listen, uh, we're talking SEC here, but uh, Deion Sanders figures in. How, you're asking? Well, uh, there's a kid from Carrollton, Georgia, which is a uh, suburb roughly uh, about 30 minutes outside Atlanta, just west of the city there in I-20. Um, Julian Lewis is a, is a class of 2025 uh, quarterback prospect, four-star kid. Um, Colorado wants him, but listen, the question is, Georgia right now, I mean, plethora of riches, right? I mean, you know, is there anything Georgia doesn't have right now except a third straight national championship? Um, the question is, would the Bulldogs have a chance to get this kid right out of uh, their backyard? Yeah, I think it sounds like he's going to visit Georgia again uh, after, you know, USC commitment, but doesn't seem like that'll stick. Uh, so, you know, Colorado, Auburn, Georgia, et cetera, Ohio State maybe even jumping in. So a lot of teams wanting a piece of this kid. Yeah, it's a, it's a new world, you know, with the NIL out there. And, it, you know, it really is turned into no holds barred. and you know, if the kid can find a way to make a little more money before you ever put on a pair of, you know, shoulder pads, more power to him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if uh, Georgia has enough juice to keep the kid to stay home or does he go out and uh, play for prime? Um, speaking of, meanwhile, uh, Tennessee and the NIL, um, boy, this is just, this is where, again, the NIL just gets nasty when you've got different people doing different things and the NCAA did not put rules in place at the beginning. What's up with the Vols right now? Yeah, so the, you've got Tennessee uh, in trouble because one of their boosters uh, flew a top recruit in his plane, evidently, and that was, you know, is and, and so they're using NILs. And so the NCAA's mad at them. Now, at the same time, Tennessee and Virginia are suing the NCAA because of the NIL regulations that they have in place, saying that they are, you know, it, you know, they illegal or whatever. And so this is just a wild wild uh, uh time right now for the university of tennessee and the state of tennessee and the ncaa it's going to be legal battles back and forth yeah I, I think going after tennessee like this has opened up the floodgates and i think ultimately the ncaa has another lawsuit that they're going to lose here this one will be a much bigger and much bloodier loss than some of their previous ones which is hard to believe it, uh, very quickly, you're going to see the, the you're you're going to see these players become employees. They'll settle the antitrust stuff and you know pay off you know two three billion dollars back pay to everybody, and that's going to kind of be how everything works out. But but I think this is going to rush the employee thing so they can get away from being in a lawsuit for trying to regulate these kids on scholarship, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, big coaching news this week. Uh, how about DJ Durkin going to uh, to Auburn? Yeah, I mean, there is no, there is no like in coaching right now, I mean, it's just whoever can pay the most money for for a position, right? I mean, just, and you're just going to find the best spot to, and they're trying to get out of Dodge and change. I, I th- You know what, craziest coaching thing, you mentioned the Durkin thing, but how about, Boston College head coach choosing to become a defensive coordinator in the NFL. As we transfer from transition, we're talking about the NIL. That kind of shows you where a lot of these coaches are with the NIL stuff. It's like almost like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be a part of this anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and, and I also think too that you're you're if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten as a coach, it, it may be there may be better pathways to a to a directly to a head coaching job than trying to make that jump over unless you're just killing it. And and so I I think that there's a lot of things that have changed. And and coaches, there's a reason why coaches are so angry and so frustrated right now. Their whole world is changing. Their career laddering and pathing is changing. And the kids couldn't, you know, tell them to, you know, go suck an egg and go off to another school at a drop of a hat. So this is a very tough time to be a college coach. Yeah. Um, and again, it's one of these where um, now you're going to be getting into, um, in terms of the issue of tampering, we've heard stories of, um, of teams, coaches, you know, third parties talking to players while they're still in season. And that's got to come up now with uh, the young man who transferred from uh, Alabama to Iowa. Some reports now of, of, of tampering. Yeah. The, the, it's interesting. He, be, well, I, I don't know if it's reports. He just said it. <laughs> well, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> he just said, yeah, I was talking to people at Iowa. They said I could come there. So, uh, were you in the portal? Not yet, but Hey, all year I've been talking to him. No, it's uh, but it, you know, it happens. I mean, we've been, we, you know, we've been privy to these conversations. We know what goes on behind the scenes. Usually it's done through a third party, but in this case, it was literally done directly with the kids. So it's like, okay, well, it's all it's, but it's happening. You know, it's part of the game now with the, the transfer portal. And you know what? We're going to find out that tampering it's okay. Oh. Offering people pay for play. It's okay transferring 11 times it's okay already when the ncaa gave that guy his ninth year of eligibility that basically there's going to be a lawyer who goes to court and say you gave this guy that so basically eligibility rules will go out the window they are going to have to go to making them employees as fast as humanly possible yeah yeah it's crazy no question about it hey stay with us we'll talk a little women's hoops up next uh, doug feinberg of the ap joins us next here on big sports radio sec Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414. How would you like to get a free $100 prepaid MasterCard and save money on your television bill? Then call right now. Make the switch to Dish TV. For a limited time, we're offering a two-year price guarantee. That's important for those of you on a fixed budget to know your prices won't go up for two years. Plus, you have hundreds of channels, lots of live news and sports, movies, and more. And when you call right now, you can also ask about our discounts for seniors and those of you in the military. So, make the switch to Dish right now. Pick up the phone and call. Enjoy your television like you are meant to. And when you sign up today, we'll also give you a $100 free prepaid MasterCard. Call right now 
Ask about our senior discount, our military discount, and your free $100 prepaid MasterCard. 800-706-7063 That's 800-706-7063 Paid for by NPS Switch to Dish TV today for your free prepaid MasterCard You're listening to Big Sports Radio SEC Edition Hey, joining us now to talk some women's hoops. Back on the show once again, we're always uh, glad to get his insights. Doug Feinberg, he is the women's basketball writer for the Associated Press. Doug, good to see you again. Um, I, I think we'll jump right in. I think any conversation in college basketball right now, really women's or men's, uh, it goes with Caitlin Clark. Another big milestone this week. She becomes the Big Ten's all-time leading scorer, number two all-time women's scorer, although she's likely going to pass Pete Maravich for the all-time scorer overall. Um, just talk about just what a special talent she is. It's just, it's just, she's, she's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, she, she really is. She, she is galvanized the sport in a sense with just everywhere she goes to sold out arenas or arenas with road games, having 150% more fans than a normal home game for those schools. So she is must watch TV must watch in person. I mean, when's the last time you had, people scalping tickets or selling tickets in the secondary market for thousands of dollars to watch a women's basketball player or team play. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. And I mean, it's, it's not like that the women's game has not been, um, you know, up center stage, right. You know, in in the front burner. I mean, when you talk about um, the great, you know, I mean, you and I, we go back to Louisiana tech and Lynn Barmore, but you know, I mean, even, you know, the Georgia teams, Andy Landers and obviously Tennessee and Pat summit and Gino in his early years and still going and um, you know, Texas and Stanford, we just saw what uh, Terry uh, Tara Vanderveer has done. Um, but you're right. Even with all those successes and the great players, Cheryl Miller's and um, swoops and, and all the players through the years, Sue bird. And, and, and you can go on and on Diana Taurasi. You haven't had this Brittany Griner at Baylor with she was a rock star, right? When they won their title, um, you haven't had that. And um, I think it, it's even more special that it's in Iowa, which has a great history of girls basketball going back several decades. Yeah. I mean, they go back to playing six on six in Iowa for a long time uh, on the basketball court. I, I think, listen, she's an unbelievable talent. Caitlin is what has helped obviously is we're, we're in a time right now with social media that, her highlights are shown everywhere on linear TV, but also on Instagram, on Twitter, TikTok, ever. So it's a chance for her to sort of get more fans to see, oh, my God, she's shooting from the logo, as opposed to when Tarasi and Miller and Moore and Bird and and all, Grind and all those players played, that didn't really exist. And throwing also that the NIL deals, like she can have a State Farm deal. I mean, I think one of the funniest commercials – I've seen is the State Farm deal where she, they call for a shooter and she pops up and she's like, "What? There's no basket here!" And she just seeing her deadpan that is hilarious. So, so being able to be in national commercials and having the social media component ha- has turned a, a unbelievable player into one that everyone uh, is a household name now, so to speak. Yeah, no question. And she's kept Iowa right there in the conversation this week, ranked fifth in the country. Um, um, and they're at a real battle in the Big Ten with uh, Indiana improving after uh, what they did last year um, at Ohio State coming on. So it'll be interesting to see how that conference plays uh, moving on down. Um, I want to get to um, the SEC right now. And how much fun was it for anyone not paying attention and focusing more on Caitlin Clark to see the game last week with South Carolina 
as quietly as a number one team could do, take down the defending champion LSU and love Don Staley afterwards and talking about, oh, no, they weren't they weren't being mean. They were just calling me boo. I mean, what what great uh, sense of humor um, after a big win. And she had a shirt for their next home game with boo on it. So like (laughs) Dawn Staley is tremendous at grabbing a moment and running with it and having fun with it. And listen, they went under the radar this year. And I think they were sixth in the preseason poll. And now they're they've been number one since LSU lost his first game. And this was a rebuilding year for South Carolina. They they lost all five of their starters from last year's team. They were going to be good, but it's like, Oh, you know, give them some time to sort of let the newbies, flourish and again credit to dawn she had players that were on the bench last year that now are starting for her they didn't leave they didn't transfer they didn't pout they became better players and and that to me is a sign of a great coach who's able to sort of keep her own and add to it and i said develop players be really really good right now so she's done a tremendous job of turning a team that everyone thought would be good at some point this year to being really good early on, and they are the only undefeated team in the country, and they're definitely the best team in the country right now. I, I'm glad you said that because I felt silly that I'm like, wait a minute, how did I forget South Carolina? So I'm glad you broke it down like that because the focus obviously is on Iowa and LSU and after the epic final last year that I think, again, elevated the women's game to another level. Let's talk about LSU right now. And it's look, I mean, it's not like they're not playing well, um, but they've got the target on their back. One, Kim Mulkey is a... Um, she's a personality and with the, you know, the loud suits and the loud personality as well. Um, and Angel Reese right there too, but they've had some speed bumps, uh, this season that I think we, no one could have seen coming with the, at the onset of this, uh, this basketball campaign. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think the biggest thing they've had to deal with is putting in some new pieces to a really talented team to begin with. And there's always going to be speed bumps. I mean, at any level, when you add two high profile, um, high ability players like Anissa Morrow and Haley Van Lith to fit into a, a, a good returning team, it's going to, it's going to be a work in progress. And you saw it at the start when they lost the first game and then they got a little bit better, but they were playing some teams that, you know, they, they should beat by 40, 50 points. I mean, that's the way they schedule things. And they had their first real challenge in a while against South Carolina and they played well. But once Angel Reese fouled out with that fifth foul, which again, Probably she should not have fouled the kid. It was definitely a foul, but like, you know, you got four fouls. It's a tight game. Maybe let her get the two points. Two points is not worth missing the last four and a half minutes of a game. So it takes some time to gel and adjust and, and sort of fit all the pieces together, the pizza pie, so to speak, and make it whole. So they're struggling right now a bit, but I think when we get to the the games that matter down the road, the NCAA tournament, they'll probably be potentially a little bit stronger and more cohesive and that will get them where they need to be, or they might be one of those teams. We go, they had a lot of talent, but just didn't work out for them this year. Yeah. Um, you know, talking with the uh, Doug Feinberg here, the AP uh, writer, uh, women's basketball, um, and just uh, boy, just does such a great job. And for so many years, and we always uh, are fortunate to have him here on the show. Um, how about a team that, 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 uh, talk about off the radar um, when they beat Iowa back in November, we went, Oh, okay. That's an upset. Kansas state is now number two in the AP poll. Talk about the Wildcats and what's going on in the other Manhattan. Well, it's funny because they just lost the other night to Oklahoma. Uh-huh. So there, there seems to be a curse at number two. I think four times this year, the number two team has lost 
after they become number two in the AP poll. So that might be the one you don't want. Like the old SI cover jinx, you don't want to be number two in the AP poll because that's you're destined to lose a game pretty soon. But but that said, I mean, they, they've had a phenomenal season. Um, they won 14 straight games before that loss, although it's technically 15 if you count the forfeit that TCU had because they didn't have enough players to play, which was a crazy story on its own. But Coach Mitty's done a tremendous job with that group. They've won the last couple games this last week or two without their star center, Aoka Lee, who was out with an injury, an ankle injury. So, like, they're doing without their best player. They were still finding ways to win in a pretty good Big 12, beating, I think it was Baylor and Texas and a couple other teams that were really strong early on. So they're a team that, again, they were the first team ever to go from unranked to number two in the AP poll in the history of the poll. So that tells you something. They were 26th. They were just outside the top 25 to start the season. So they weren't like this team no one's ever heard of, but they weren't ranked. So they they were the first team ever to do that, to go up to number two in the, in the history of the 40-plus the year history of the poll. So they're, they're a good team. Once they get Lee back probably in a week or two or maybe three, they'll be better again. But what a great story. What a, what a great job that they've done there. Yeah, I love that to see um, what you anytime you see a team that you don't normally see right right up in the top 10 having a great year. Um, it's always exciting. And uh, because also programs, again, that we are not accustomed um, to seeing one that we have, uh, you know, they've won three championships. I mentioned uh, Tara Vanderveer is Stanford right now. And of course, the big news um, in January, a couple of weeks ago, she passes Mike Krzyzewski as the all time uh, winningest. Uh, basketball coach, men's or women's uh, in division one. Um, talk about your experience with her and just um, it's incredible to see that she's been able to do this. I'm always impressed with, with longevity and that includes coach K um, and, and all the, all the legends that they can keep doing this because the game today is so much different than it was 20 years ago. And so to, to find that success and to keep winning and to keep evolving as a coach and a person um, I've, I've always found fascinating. Yeah, Tar is one of the best ever to do it, just on and off the court. What a wonderful person. Besides being a great coach, a wonderful person. She She's also – Stanford's a little bit different because you have to have a certain level of academic to go there as well, so they can't just get anyone to go there. And to be the all-time wins leader and build the – I mean, how sad is the Pac-12's last season is this year as we know it? And – they're one of the best conferences in the country. And she was the one for so many years carrying the flag, being the team in the conference. And then obviously other teams rose because of what Stanford did and what she did there. So just a great tactician, a, a great coach, uh, a quick Android real quick. So you go, you know, I coach high school basketball. I was with her down in the Bahamas a couple of years ago when they're playing a tournament down there. And she knows that coach. We've talked many years about it. And she actually, I like one of their inbound plays that she ran in a game she drew it up on a napkin for me to sort of, hey, here's what it is. So you can have it to run for your team. And like, who else would do that? Like literally take a napkin, draw it up. Here you go. And it was a great play. I think we ran it like probably a week later. And of course it scored because it's a play from one of the greatest coaches of all time. Right, exactly. And you, I know you still have the napkin. Right. I mean, I, I do. It's not actually in front of me right now, but I, right. I still do have the napkin. Yes. Yeah. You're not, not though. You're never throwing that away. Yeah. Come no, on. No chance. It's not happening. Um, one more question before I let you go. Uh, we mentioned in terms of uh, one of the all time great programs and coaches at uh, Gino Ariema and UConn, um, the Huskies right there, not talked about because there are so many stories, um, but they're right there at number 11 this week, uh, 17 and four. Talk about UConn season and, and kind of how they're looking as we begin to, to look toward March. I mean, I can't think of a team that's been more snake-bitten by injuries over the last couple of years than UConn. 
if everyone was healthy, they would be number one in the country or number two in the country without question. But they've lost, I think, five players now for the season because of injuries and such that, like, the team that he came into that everyone thought was going to be there is not there. They just have a, a, a have had to adjust the way they do things the last couple weeks or every year. That every time they find a new system, so to speak, someone else goes down. Yeah. But they still have Paige Beckers, who's back and healthy and is one of the top three players in the country. And she's playing playing lights out on both ends of the court. She's been blocking shots, which is it was great. Her decent defensive game has improved. So UConn is still very good. I think last time I was on, I predicted them to be in the Final Four before a couple of injuries happened. I would never bet against them. So I, I think he's done a great job, again, of finding ways to win and adjust how they play when you keep on losing starting players. And, and, and eventually he catches up with you, but they still are winning with a roster and a team that's on the court that was not what you expected the starting five to be when the season began in October. And and like you talked about with Tara, another just legend who, like you said, just adjusting to personnel, to adversity, um, and the great ones find a way uh, to do that. Um, well, tell us before we let you go, what are some upcoming uh, – you've got some high school games obviously coming up. Are you going to get a chance to get out to any uh, college games anytime soon? Yeah, I'm actually – it's funny. I'm going out to watch one of my former kids play who was um, at Purdue, a first Division one player is playing at Purdue, a freshman, doing great. So I'm going out to watch them play in a couple weeks. And I'll see the Michigan-Iowa game where potentially that record's going down of the NCAA record held by Kelsey Plum, which depending Caitlin's averaging 34 points a game, so it could go down before that. But in a few weeks, the Michigan-Iowa at game. Awesome. Awesome. And I know that's the one, again, you, you'll you save the napkin, the program, the ticket, the press pass, all those things from that. No question. Hey, Doug, we know we got to run. We always appreciate your time. Thanks, as always. And uh, safe travels here in the month of February. Thanks, my friend. All right, we appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Doug Feinberg, again, is the women's basketball writer for the Associated Press. Always good to uh, get his insights here on the show. Stay with us. We've got more to come after a quick timeout. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. You're listening to Big Sports Radio, SEC Edition. Hey, hats off to uh, Tom Izzo this week. Uh, 700th win. Uh, he's the first coach to do that, get 700 wins at a Big Ten school. And then this week coming up uh, on the 6th, he's going to pass Bob Knight with his 505th game coached. That'll also be a, a Big Ten record. Yeah, you know, there's. it's impressive. He did, he did it all at one school, too. I think I think that's that's cool. But I think the most impressive thing is that means that you're really old and you're still coaching <laughs> and you get 700 wins. You've been doing it a long time. Now, kudos, Tom Izzo. Obviously, he's the, 
Oh, he's the in the Big Ten. He is the um, I guess the standard bearer for Big Ten coaches right now in basketball. I mean, he's done more, you know, with all the Final Fours, with the national championship, etc. Obviously, a, a great basketball coach, and um, you know, kudos to him. He, he, I know he'd like to make one more run. I'm not sure they got it in him this year, but you know, we'll see down the road. Yeah, Izzo is the is the coach that I think in my history of watching Big Ten basketball has been buried the most time by fans who don't like him at other schools. And then he comes back. I, I think he has more lives than the undertaker back in the WWE. You know, he's laid out and all of a sudden he sits back up and you're like, Oh, he's back. And I, I think Izzo is one of those guys that just, he, he's just an excellent coach and he manages to take teams that don't look sexy. When you look at the roster they tend to finish high in the Big Ten and go into the tournament, and and I think he's an amazing basketball coach. Yeah, yeah, there's no question uh, about that. Uh, Caitlin Clark, the big story. This week, she, uh, the other night, jumped from fourth up to second place all-time on the all-time women's scoring list. Um, it's already not even a question that, barring injury, she's going to be the top women's scorer before this season ends and the top all-time scorer. Pete Maravich's record is is within uh, her reach as well. Given Maravich did it in only three seasons, she's had her fourth. Um, but it's just amazing again what the Iowa Star has done in the, in her career. Yeah, she's amazing. I mean, she quietly throws up thirty five points like it's nothing, and, and tosses in nine assists too. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, she is she's really changed women's basketball. The interesting thing about this is you realize she has another year too. Yeah. What kind of records could she throw up if she took her COVID year and came back? I mean, it would be rather insane, right? No one would ever have a chance of breaking those records if she played another year. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Iowa fans can dream. Who knows what will happen? But that they certainly would be the uh, most excited fans in the world, and you couldn't blame them. She is. She puts – I mean, she really is fun to watch. I know the, the women's ball is a slightly smaller ball, but if she was playing horse against all the Big Ten men – you know, if, if she had the same size ball, uh, you know, the women use and the guys were using the men's, I don't know that I would pick any person in the Big Ten this year to beat her, you know, in a game of horse, especially out in three-point country. Yeah, that's true. Uh, a couple of big marquee matchups as we look around the country right now. Uh, Duke taking on North Carolina in the uh, the big matchup. Uh, again, once upon a time, this was giant with Coach K and, uh, and Dean Smith. Um North Carolina right now has just been outstanding. Um, although they're coming off the loss to uh, Georgia Tech uh, in Atlanta of the night, here's Coach Hubert Davis uh, talking about uh, this matchup. That's something that we always talk about is, you know, the the little things, the discipline and the details and making routine plays routinely. And we spell out, you know, like what are those plays look like? And Armando's always, you know, really done that. I mean, he, he continues to improve. I think you've mentioned, his, you know, his free throw shooting, um, and what and what, a, what an improvement that's been for him and for us. Um, but his screening has gotten better. Um, um, his defense um, has been terrific, guarding one through five ball screen action. He's been he's 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 been he's been awesome. And I don't think he's done it. I, do do I think his game easily translates to the next level? Yes. The things that he's doing translates to the next level. Yes. But um, he's not doing those things for that. He's doing those things because he can. He can do them really well. And it's beneficial to the team. And 
Um, I know the last couple games, uh, Coach Forbes and Coach Hamilton have talked about the little things that Armando has done to allow us to really um, be good on both ends of the floor that 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 aren't on the stat sheet. And um, you're right. He's been doing that really well and, and been doing it consistently. North, North Carolina is talented. I mean, they really are a talented team. They got good guard play. They got the big guy, you know, Armando Bacon, like you mentioned, he's playing really well. And uh, but, you know, Duke also has a ton of talent. They're just younger. You know, North Carolina's got some older guys, you know, they brought in through the portal and also guys that have been there a couple of years. So uh, for all four years. And, and so it's it's really this is a high level game. It's one of four, literally four four top 10 matchups this weekend um, in the college hoop slate. And, you know, Duke and North Carolina is always big. Yeah. And, and somehow, I don't know why it is, but I feel like Baycott's like in his early fifties, he just <laughs> seems like he's been there forever. And I know, I know he hasn't, but Mike, I think he was in my graduating class from high school. <laughs> was sure. he? Cause, Cause I'll tell you, you <laughs> know, th so. there's, it's kind of funny. Cause when you think in, you know, North Carolina basketball, you know, you go back to, to Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins and those guys, and they kind of became synonymous. But I wonder if this generation of college basketball fans, you know, with what Baycott has accomplished there, does he become like a, a modern day face of the program? Because boy, he's, he's done an awful lot for that school. Yeah, he has. And keep in mind that we thought he was going to leave a couple years ago. And when they reached the title game, lost to Kansas, keeps hanging around, keeps hanging around, keeps hanging around. And, and there he is. Uh, Blue Devils and Heels renewing, renewing their rivalry on Tobacco Road. Meanwhile, um, how about the big matchup in the Big 12, the newcomer Houston and leading the conference, taking on Kansas and their head coach, Bill Self. Here's what Bill had to say. I think we had eight teams ranked today. Is that right? And, and uh, 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 seven of our last 11 games are against ranked opponents as of this week. So, yeah, it's hard. We said that all along. I mean, that shouldn't surprise you guys. Uh, 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 so, so, uh, yeah, it's a hard league and, and certainly, uh, also challenges of, of, uh, uh, Saturday, Monday, three more times, if I'm not mistaken as well. So, you know, uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's a, it's, it's a monster league and hopefully one that will prepare everybody in the league for postseason. You know, this is a interesting matchup, tough, you know, obviously big 12 is loaded, you know, seven, eight top 25 teams, something. So you're pretty much playing a top 25 team virtually every game. Uh, Houston and Kansas is a really intriguing game for me because it's at Kansas. Kansas doesn't lose at home like ever. Uh, they get a pretty good whistle. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with, uh, with this game because Houston plays a very, very physical style of defense and we'll see how, uh, Kansas is able to, where they get the fouls and, and they get the line here. So it's, that's going to be a intriguing game. You know, I gotta, I gotta hand it to the 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 powers that be at the at the conferences here in college basketball because the NFL obviously is going to be doing the Pro Bowl this weekend. Nobody cares about that, and you are seeing probably the the best matchups on a Sunday all season long with with you know Tennessee, Kentucky, Iowa State, Baylor, plus you know the games we've talked about. This is going to be great, but I I really would circle uh, personally that Houston Kansas game is the one that I really don't want to miss, and it's not usual that you're going to pick something over North Carolina and Duke. I would agree with that. Stay with us. More to come after this. Okay, guys. Before I let you go, can I tell you my my crazy story from this week? Do, do you guys mind? Is it okay? Yeah. Um, go ahead. Ma we'll Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is uh, is in town. 
Um, you know, he 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 owns Sedesco that uh, does like the cafeteria stuff, and he was at the Toyota plant uh, meet and greet. Um, so you know, my day job, I work in TV. Um, escorted our young crew to make sure that Magic stopped and talked to him. Right, went in there, and as as he walks in, he goes, "Man, it's been a minute. I haven't seen you in a minute." And this is a true story. So October two thousand one, I'm in Springfield, Mass, and I'm with Magic and his wife Cookie the night before he goes into the Basketball Hall of Fame, right? Right there at the at the, at the Civic Center. Um, we do a one-on-one with them. Great time. We have some time to kill before, between our interview and he's going to stay and do Larry King Live at 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, during that time, I, I talk about, you know, my wife and, and we're expecting our first child in a few weeks and we didn't peak. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Fast forward eight months to June 2002. I'm in at the Pyramid in Memphis to do the Lennox Lewis-Mike Tyson fight. Stand around talking to a couple of people. Magic walks in, sees me, points at me, big grin, walks over, gives me a dap, and he says, hey, was it a boy or a girl? Is that not insane? That's amazing. Eight months later, how many people does he talk to a day? And he remembered that little part. I think that's where he's he's a, he's a people person, right? Special yeah. special with people. That's uh, you know, that, that's what separates him maybe from other some other guys. You know, you can't teach that. And the funny thing is, is people know him for his ability with basketball, but probably his ability to relate to people is actually better than his Hall of Fame talents as a basketball player. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. He's just and and the, what's amazing is that he's always on and never gets tired of being on. He had spent the he spent the he began his day in Chicago. Then he's in Kentucky right? The town of Georgetown, Kentucky, the Toyota plant there doing business. Then on to New York, I talked to his assistant and I see going back to LA. He said, no, we're not in LA till Sunday. Now this was back on Tuesday. And, and yet he was, you know, and here's what the amazing, no entourage. He had his private plane with a crew of three and the one guy with him. There was no entourage. There was no PR person saying what somebody can or can't do. I mean, it was, you know, we got a call from Toyota later saying, hey, we heard that you guys were there. They weren't doing interviews. I said, yeah, not for everybody else, but he did one for me. How's that? <laughs> Membership has its privileges. So there you go. But no, he's a special person. And we looked online. He's worth $1.2 billion. God bless him. 64 years old. One of the all-time great people, um, not just a basketball player. All right. Speaking of great, uh, it's going to be a great time next weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, we've got the Super Bowl, got the Niners and the Chiefs. Uh, let's get your thoughts on this matchup. Well, you know, it's it's really a game that it, it how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I mean, the dude just seems to find ways to win and you know, I, even though they only scored 17 points, it just seems like he's always on the right end of the winning, you know, and I know it's it's almost like Tom Brady and Tom Brady lost a lot of Super Bowls too, but Mahomes is kind of entering that um era now or that level, right, of that he's just the guy. And um and, you know, but I think on the other side, I think San Francisco has got a lot of talent and, you know, Brock Purdy has something to prove because nobody thinks he's any good. He just, just wins games. And so uh, maybe he's the, the going to be really good. Cause I think that if they get pressure on Mahomes, they can be successful, but um, man, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm going to go with Kansas city. I have a hard time seeing two things. One, I, I can't go against Mahomes. And two, I thought the Kansas City defensive coordinator ate Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator for Baltimore, alive. And if he can, if that Kansas City defense, which is, is you know, very highly rated, puts pressure on Purdy, 
I don't know that the 49ers, even with the weapons they have, are going to be able to score enough points to keep up with Mahomes. Now, that probably means you need to go to the, your local uh, I just went and placed place. a bet on the 49ers, Mike, <laughs> I know you did. after hearing that. Exactly. So Pat Mahomes and Taylor Swift will probably be bombarding me with with uh, you know anger, but I, I do I do think it's going to be Kansas City, and I think it may be one of those not a, not a boring Super Bowl, but they win by you know 10, 10, 12 points. Yeah. Oh, here's uh, Chiefs coach uh, Andy Reid talking about defense. Is it one of the better defenses? Yeah, I'd say it's one of the better defenses uh, that I've that I've been around. I, we had some real good ones in um, in Philadelphia. Uh, and some of the early defenses here, I don't want to slight those guys. They they did a nice job for us. So, um, but but surely this is a this is a team this is a, a defense that has helped uh, guide this team along as the offense uh, was growing. So, um, and now that both are are playing well, it's it's a. Uh, you know, that's a, a tribute to everybody involved, what Steve has done and then what Nag has done on the offensive side of helping it grow, putting ourselves in the right positions to have an opportunity to make a turnover. And then the other side's got to give you that opportunity. So um, I, I would say, though, Todd, that it was great to see. Um, we, we had a chance for another one, too. Uh, the Bulls got that cast on you know, that, that some of that's the fact that he's even playing is, is a great thing and making the tackles he's making. I don't know how he does it, but, um, uh, you know, he, he had a chance for, for another one. So, um, uh, but the, the guys are doing a great job. They're doing a great job with their eyes right now. And that'll be real important, uh, in a couple of weeks here when we play four day nighters. Yeah. And it's going to be key, right? I mean, if the chiefs play defense like they did against Baltimore, it's going to be a long day. I mean, they, they just really shut down. The, the Ravens, uh, like you, like Mike mentioned. And so I, I think defense is going to be key. But on the other side, I think San Francisco's defense has to play a lot better, more like they did in the second half, half against Detroit. Cause boy, they look pretty good in the second half against Detroit after you look, they just got kind of, you know, run, run down and run over in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, 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 like I said, I, I think this 49er team is not w- with the injuries. I just don't think they're what they used to be. And I think Kansas City just has the weapons, and I do think there's a there's that that experience of of how many times they've been there at such a high level. Um, not that the 49ers aren't experienced, but man, the the Mahomes is company. It's getting to be kind of like the Patriots. Yeah, no question. Hey, we've got to leave it there. Uh, time has gone by way too fast as always. We appreciate all the guests who stopped by. And we appreciate you as well. You know that. You know what I'm going to say. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend till we meet again. Same place, same time next week. We'll see you. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of Big Sports Radio SEC.